All right, let's pick it up from verse 24. So we talked about this in observation time, but they passed through the rugged terrain of Pisidia. And then after they descended the mountains, they came to the lowlands of Pamphylia. So you see this adventure. They're coming down. They're going through. And when they had now spoken the word in Perga. Perga is a town in Pamphylia. So now they hit population. You see that? And by this time, if you haven't been, uh, if you've been following with us, when it says that they're speaking a word, are they giving warm fuzzies to the people of Perga? Are they sharing testimonies and stories of all the things that they've done to the people of Perga? What is the word that they are speaking? What about Jesus? Is that yet? He's speaking the starts with the G, ends with yeah. Thank you very much. It starts with the G, ends with the gospel. They are preaching the gospel of Jesus. Christ. And like I said, it's, it's just amazing. Their, their home stretch, I mean, I got to be honest, you know, like there's times where after a service, I'm on my way home and I got to get gas and I'm not thinking, preach the word. And, I, and then the Holy Spirit comes upon me and I have my moments, you know, like we, those of us who went to Maui for the wedding for the um, Riley and Sasha and I'm hopping on the plane home and just awaken to the person next to me. But you know what I, what, what I want us to see about these guys is for the Great Commission to them, and I say the Great Commission, if you're not versed in this, read, we'll, we'll look at it, Matthew 28, but it's most Bibles pericope call it the Great Commission when Jesus commissions the disciples to go make disciples, but that's what they're on. They're on the Great Commission. They're on this mission to spread the word of Jesus. But for these men, for PNB, Paul and Barnabas, it was lifestyle. It wasn't a clock in, clock out thing. Home stretch, they're almost home. And then they hit population. Actually, if you go back to Acts chapter 13, I think it's verse 2, they were in Perga before, but they were just passing through. They didn't preach there yet. This is when they first began their journey. They, they, they came through Perga, but they didn't preach. And I wonder if they're on their way home and they're like, oh my gosh, we've been here before, but we never preached before. And they didn't shy away at that. As they went, they witnessed. That's what I want us to see. That what I believe the doctor is trying to help us see as he writes, as they passed through, as they passed through, they spoke the word. As they went, they witnessed. I want you to think, Christian, today. Where did you pass through? Imagine how much foot traffic all of us here in this room have covered on this island today. Is Great Commission fresh on our hearts? Is it even on our mind? This was such a convicting observation for me this week. Because oftentimes I will just pass through and pass through. These guys probably could have had the excuse of, we've preached enough. We were beaten to death. We got bruises. We ain't got time for this. I'm going to just duck my head and get through Perga. Let's just get home already. But they couldn't do that. Because this was their life. Witnessing is not something they just merely do. Acts 1.8, you will be my witnesses when the Spirit of God comes upon you in power. It's who you are. It's, it's who you are. And guys, let me remind us, as we're passing through places, 
As you're going, you never know what God is doing. Remember earlier in the book, Acts chapter 8, Philip, Spirit, hey, go south on the road to Gaza. Just go in that direction. What do you bump into? A eunuch that came from Jerusalem to worship in his chariot reading the Bible, and he doesn't get it. Philip could have just passed through or been like, hey, bro, I can catch ride, and that's it. But what do you do? No. Oh, what you reading? Oh, you get it or what? Oh, he preaches the gospel. We never know. I thought to myself today, how many, in, how many places, how many spaces that I passed through, and God could have been doing something, and I just pass on by. Oh, that the Lord would open our eyes, awaken us to the true realities that happen as we travel. There's a reason why you didn't go that way. You went left, not right. There's a reason why you ran out of gas and had to pull over. There's a reason why you're stuck in the elevator with that person for that long. Do we, do we see these things? We never know, guys. I'm going to read to you the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 16 to 20, it says... The 11 disciples went to Galilee on the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him and some doubted. Jesus said to them, and he makes this huge statement that all authority, all power in heaven and on earth is given to me. I'm the boss. I'm the master. I'm the Lord. As we sang tonight, he's king of kings. And with that introduction, he says, go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Preach the cross. Preach Christ, tell people, teach people about salvation and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded. So verse 19, as you are going, witness. And now I want to point this out to you. I want you to see this. And Jesus then says, and behold, I'm with you always. I'm with you, man, woman, children. I'm with you, witness. As you go, you are witnessing i'm near you i bring that out because i wonder we wonder we wonder why god feels so distant at times we wonder why he seems so far away you want to know who he's near and close to the man the woman on mission you want to experience nearness of god christian more nearness of god Get on the mission, man. I don't know if all of you know what I'm talking about. Have you been there? Do you know what that's like to be in? You see a person. You see their soul. You see the, the, the door, the window that God's giving you. And something happens of a compassion that wells up within you. I got to do something. I got to say something. I got to love them. And so I got to love my neighbor in such a way where it gives me a, a, a shot and this supernatural power comes over you. This boldness that comes from the cross. And this nearness of God. There's nothing like it. Do you know that nearness? I remember when I was in uh, high school. And um, I was dating a girl. And I wanted her to know Jesus. And so she wanted to go to the movies. And so I said, sure, but I want to get some coffee first because I'll be more alert in the movie, little trick. So she meets me at a coffee shop, and I'm sitting there with my Bible just, hey, I just wanted to, I wanted to share with her what I learned at Sunday school. 
and our dating didn't last very long after that. But you know what's crazy? is for me in that moment to experience and taste the nearness of Christ. It was just like, there's just like this holy adrenaline that comes on you. And you're just like, what? Did I just do that? Did I just, did I just ruin my chances with this girl for, for the gospel and for her soul? And, and, and then there's like this, I'll do that again. I remember the first time I shared the gospel with someone, and it was right on the street corner by KMS over here. And the person responded, and I just remember coming back to the church. I was running back to the church here, just slapping every single sign, just jumping. And just, but it's just a sheer joy of the nearness of God. It wasn't whether he said yes or no or because he responded. I was rejoicing for his soul, but there's just something about being on the mission field with the Lord Jesus that unless you taste it and know it and feel it and experience it, it's a promise. He says, I'm going to be with you to the end. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that excites you to have a greater intimacy, a greater knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, he's, guys, we are in a time and space right now that this mission, this work, it ain't pow. And the Spirit of God is doing its work. And you can either hop in or sit on the bench. I envy Though these men suffered much, I envy the nearness that they must have known in the Lord Jesus Christ. As they went, they witnessed. As we go, do we? Do we have it on our minds? Oh, that God would put it in your heart to, as you go, share the gospel. You never know. Beg for doors to be open. Beg for windows to be open. Give me a shot, Lord. Fisherman, you know this. Spear fisherman. I'm not a fisherman, but I spear fish. I drop down. I can't hold my breath very long. So when I'm down there hunting a fish, all I'm praying is, give me a shot, give me a shot. Please, 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 Lord. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. Bring, it, bring the fish closer because I can't stay down here much longer. I just, give me a shot. What did Jesus say to his disciples? Come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. As we pass through this life, as you come across your coworkers, your family, your roommates, your neighbors in your community. Let it be a normative prayer and a heart cry. Give me a shot, Lord. Give me a window. I'm passing through. This door's going to shut soon, and I don't know when it's shutting. You don't know when your neighbor's gone. That's a real thing. The brevity of life. In prepping for my cousin's funeral this week, God has just reawakened that for me. I thought I was going to be eating with my cousin in fellowship that Friday morning. Nope. We don't know. We all have families here. We all have friends we love. We all have neighbors and coworkers. We all have people we pass by every single day. And I'm begging God to break our hearts because he's giving us a window and a door right now. And we must not just pass through. That's why we get excited to pray for things like what John Allison came from this weekend with the, the international students. It's a window. It's a door. We do not know. Don't let these students just pass by us. As they went, they witnessed. Colossians 4 has been a great prayer of mine. 
from the Apostle Paul, he says, continue steadfastly in prayer. Be watchful and with thanksgiving. And at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door. A door for what? For the word. To declare the mystery of Christ on account which I'm in prison. I'm locked up, but pray for more doors. Because there's other humans. There's other living people locked up here. And it reads on in verse 4, that I, may, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders. Make the best use of that time. All of us have an expiration date on our lives right now. All our time is ticking. How are you going to use your life, Christian? Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. We need to learn to pray in our hearts, Lord. Give us, open the door, but oh, please give us gracious speech. Oh, please give us wisdom. Don't, let, don't just barge through the door and say, you're a sinner going to hell. Don't just start like that. I mean, maybe one day you will have a chance to start like that. But ask for wisdom. Something that I love, love doing as I go now is just having that prayer as I converse with people. Learn to pray while you talk to people. You know, I, when I go to restaurants or when I go to places, um, gas stations, stuff, I love name tags. I love seeing the name of the person and just engaging. Hey, what's up, Shy? Oh, what's up, Annette? Oh, you guys are sisters? Oh, how long have you been working here? You know, like, these are real scenarios. You know, I'm just blurting out of my mind. But it's like, while I'm talking, I'm saying, Lord, give me wisdom. Oh, give me grace. Give me words seasoned with salt. As we pass through this life and God gives us windows and doors, cry out for the Holy Spirit. Ask for wisdom. Be prepared, Christian. Even tonight when we leave this place, you never know. You never know. Let's read on. Verse 26. And from there they sailed to Antioch. And they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. Commended to the grace of God for the work. The grace of God for the work they had fulfilled. So they fulfilled Great Commission work, right? But I want you to see that Luke is very keen to note it was by the grace of God. So the Great Commission is accomplished by the grace of God. That's point number two. We saw the Great Commission was lifestyle. Now the Great Commission is accomplished by the grace of God. They were sent out in Acts 13 too, by the grace of God. And now 1426 is the completion. It's the Pauhana time for this mission. This mission. They finish this mission, this trip. Oh, but the work is not Pau. Oh, but the fight is not over. The war is not finished yet. We're not done here. You wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you're breathing, you ain't pow. Care what age you are. Until he comes to get us or calls us home, we got work to do. And we'll give ourselves to it, right? We'll give ourselves to this. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15:10. It's by the grace of God that I am what I am. Oh my gosh. Paul's an apostle right now at this point in his life, and he's done these things, these missionary journeys, planted multiple churches, the one he's writing to, and he says, by the grace of God that I am what I am. 
not by my Pharisee training, none of that. It's by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. Or local people say it was, wasn't for nothing. God never gave me grace for nothing. On the contrary, I worked. You see this? The work was accomplished by the grace of God. Paul is seeing the grace of God is being given to me. And so I'm not going to just sit back and be like, oh, well, it's all grace. It's all God. Okay, go God. No. He's been given grace. I'm going to get to work. And I worked harder than any of them. Though, he says, it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me, in me. This is so huge for us to see, especially if you're a believer and you're on mission and you are in the ministry or you're a member of this church and we are advancing this gospel together as a family. We, we got to see this. Because any bit of drive or passion or affection or motivation or determination that you have for Christ to know him more and make him more known, you have to see that is all grace to you. That's not in and of yourself. I still remember when I was age 12 and I had the desire to read the Bible. And I hated English. That was my most, I did not like that subject. And all of a sudden, oh, I want to read the Bible, 12 years old. So my reading log, I said, oh, um... Miss so-and-so, I forget her name. This was at Punahou. I was like, there's 66 books in the Bible. Can I just read the Bible for my reading log? And she's like, sure. Go for it. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Yeah. And I didn't know what I got myself into. But where did the desire come from? Not me. That's the grace of God. All the affection that you feel as you sing these songs to him. All the burden you feel to love your neighbor. Where's that coming from? You wake up in the morning and you, you're, 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 you actually want to get into the Bible. You want to get on your face and pray. Where does that come from? Paul says, that's all the grace of God. And when these guys got back from their mission, they are very, very well aware that they accomplished this by the grace of God. Oh, there's more work to be done. And we need more grace to do it. This is so key. This is all grace. We have to understand this as we grow in the faith. If we are to be truly used by God. If you fail to see the grace of God in all those things, you know what's going to be tempting? If these men didn't see the grace of God through this mission trip, they would have been coming to Antioch like celebrities. In their mind. Oh yeah, see, oh yeah, this car over here was when we used that the kind and they were the kind. Oh, that's what they would have been doing if they didn't see the grace of God. Because if, if you don't see the grace of God, then who did it? You, in your head. You see how important this is? If we miss this church, we will be more about Nuwanu Baptist than about the kingdom of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. You will be more about your ministry, your effectiveness, how many people you reached out to, how many churches you planted, than the glory of Christ being lifted up. This is important. You must see all Christian ministry is by the grace of God. Acts 2.47, the Lord added to the number of those getting saved. Matthew 16.18, I will build my church, says Jesus. Philippians 1.6, I'm sure of this. He who began a good work is going to finish it until the day of Christ Jesus. Hebrews 12.2, look to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of your faith. 
He's the starter. He's the finisher. It's all Christ. It's all grace. It is all God. He has done great things. Is the anthem of our soul. Amen. It was all by grace. And we must never forget it. And when we do, we remind ourselves. We remind each other. Give glory to God. This is why the next verse flows so beautifully and appropriately. Look at what they do. They recognize that they accomplished the mission by the grace of God. Verse 27, when they arrived, they gathered the church together. Oh, that must have been epic for Antioch, though, just thinking about it. Like, like they get the email or the text, like, Paul and Barnabas are home. What? You know, like, just everyone gathering. Like, what an epic, like, because they were probably praying fervently. And they never had emails and stuff to hear how, what's going down. And so they're just they're gathering the church together. And this is what they declare. All that what? Say it with me. God had done. With them, but God did it. You see that? Yes, the Lord is using me right now. I'm not going to take that away from the Lord. He wants to use me. He wants to use you. But it is God that is doing anything. If there's any effective fruitfulness happening in this room right now, if you're engaged, if you're getting it, or even if it's going your, over your head, and then, but you still want to try to figure out what this local guy is saying, it's like, that's a work of God. And how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles whom you once hated. He opened the door. He had done this is why the verse flows so well when you see the grace of God. God gave them the grace, so they gave God the glory. You see that? If you're a person who is drunk with the grace of God, overwhelmed by it, you just see it everywhere. You wake up in the morning and you, 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 you sip your coffee and it, it tastes good. You say, oh, thank you, Jesus. That's grace. I didn't deserve that. If you see grace everywhere, you know what's going to happen to you? You're, gonna, you're not going to be able to hush down as a worshiper. You just can't stop giving God glory. You're going to be one of those believers who just constantly, constantly prays. You can't stop singing, even in the hardest moments of your life. You're going to keep lifting him up. You're going to keep pointing people to him. You're going to keep loving him in secret and in public. Because you see the grace of God. God gave them grace, so they gave him glory. If we're truly going to glorify God at New Anu Baptist Church, we must see the grace of God to us. And I love that they gather the church together and make it known. Paul and Barnabas are well aware that they're just instruments they're just vessels. That's all we are. Listen to this. Romans 6.13. Paul writes, Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments. When the ladies were playing tonight and Christy was playing the piano and we were blessed by it, we say, Christy, oh, good playing. We don't say, oh, piano, right on. We don't praise the instrument. 
like, oh, piano, that was, let's do that again. You are the best. How'd you do that? How'd you sound so good? We play the person who's using the, we, we praise the person who's using the instrument. Does that make sense? That's why it would be foolish if Paul and Barnabas walked into Antioch and tried to receive all this praise. They know, I'm just an instrument. All surfers know it's not really the surfboard <laughs> that rips. It's a surfer. You give Kelly Slater anything that's like a board and he'll rip it. You know, and whoever wins the, the title and they come on shore and they lift them up and they run them up and they're, you know, celebrating and stuff. They're not throwing all the lays and giving the check to the surfboard. Like, they're not like all the, yeah, to the, to the surfboard, putting all the lays on the surfboard and then give the surfboard the check. And it's the surfer. It's the one who's in control. It's the one who's using the instrument. This is what we are. We're just vessels. We're just jars of clay. We're just an instrument. And so if God decides to do anything eternal through any of us, where does the glory need to go to? That's right. Because he's the one that's doing it. But you got to see that. It's so, that line can get so fuzzy at times. Oh, we see it everywhere today. And we see the temptation in our hearts. We get, we get too close and caught up in a headline of ourselves. Too close to the limelight of the spotlight that's on Christ. And we're like, oh. and we like stay in there a little bit too long. That's our sinful nature, guys. We need to repent. We need to ask the Lord to forgive us. We're so glory, vaingloriously hungry. We want attention and affection so bad. But when you're a Christian, all that must be put to death if you're really going to give God glory. When is the last time you prayed, Lord, use me for your name's sake? Lord, use me for your glory. I'll scrub a toilet. I'll prep a sermon. It doesn't matter to me. Anything for your church, for your glory, just use me. Use me while I have this window and space because I don't know when my time is up, but just use me. After all they've been through and done, you got to love the maturity and purity of these guys. Their perception, just God has done, he has done great things. Church, listen. Listen to all that God. He opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. There's Gentile churches all across the unknown world right now. I'm just telling you, like Paul and Barnabas, like this is crazy, right? We never thought this could happen. This is really going. It must have been such an epic moment at that business meeting at Antioch. Holy moly. John 3.30, he must increase, I must decrease. Ephesians 3, 20 to 21, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all the generations forever and ever. Jude 24, 25, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. All Christian ministry, all of this life spent for Christ, guys, it must always end in doxology. I want my, our last breath to be praising God for all the amazing things he has done. And he has done great things in our midst, amen? 
I mean, look at you. You're here. I'm here. We're sinners saved by grace. You have affections for, for, for Jesus, the creator of the universe. You have a hope that goes beyond this life when everyone out there is, they don't have that. He's done great things. Every soul in this place that re, that's regenerate is a miracle. Give him glory. Don't tell me you don't have a reason to sing. And we're finishing here. I'll just make some observations and we're pow. Verse 28. And at the end of it, they remain no little time with the disciples. Last thing. Time spent with other disciples. Time spent with other disciples is no small thing. You see this in the life of these men. When they're around disciples, if they can, they will stay a good while. Gabe pointed that out. Sovereign pointed it out. They want to be around other disciples. Christians. No doubt they're resting, recovering, sharing stories, building each other up, but they're getting ready for the next one. But they put this huge emphasis in these men's lives of membership, local church, just being with other real Christians, disciples, followers of Jesus. I love, um, I didn't ask her, but I usually ask, but I didn't, but um, just because I see her right now. Megan, um, when she first moved to the islands, I love how she attended our gatherings because she was very uh, very outspoken to me about I want to find a local church and, and if I could sum it all up she, she gave me a list I'll tell you the list later good list but to sum it all up she wants to be around disciples I want to be discipled and I want to be around disciples right when she got here you know I was talking to if I could say your name it's okay uh, Cammie in the back earlier Cammie just came she, she came down from uh, Colorado Denver and She's been here for a few months, and she's like, oh, praise God, there's a church right across the street. But you see, in the believer's heart, it's no small thing. It's not, you know, for those of you who might not live in Hawaii forever, you might travel, you might be sent to another part of the planet or whatever, or you might go to school or whatever, you know, you come to that place, that state. I'm praying, if you college students are online listening right now, we're praying for you, that you find a local church that has true disciples of Christ, and you get in there, and you remain there. It's so important. We're passing through this life. And one of the great, great, great priorities that the Bible says is be around disciples. Be a member of a local church. That's why we take our membership here seriously. It's another way of saying we want to be around disciples. We want to be discipled. It's no small thing for them. It shouldn't be no small thing for us in closing. This is an amazing moment in the life of this local church. And right now, just in closing, I just want us to dream a little. We don't know when the Lord's going to come back. Could be, could be 10 days, could be 10,000 years. But however long this local church is existing, just dream a little. Can you imagine? God in, this, in our midst, we just in these past two chapters, we saw gutsy evangelists, a local church, raising them up and sending out men and women who love Christ. And, and can you imagine if we one day, maybe it's some of our children here sitting in the sanctuary right now, and we, we send them to another foreign nation, and they go to where the gospel's never been. Just dream a little. And they might go through hell for the glory of God, and the spirit of the living God comes upon them, and they're effective and fruitful. We'll expect it because they have the gospel burning in them, and they're going. Can you imagine just the welcome home here at our business meetings? And just, 
that moment of the, you know, when um, our new moderator, John Allison, now comes, oh, anything for missions. You know, you know there's not going to be like a, oh, um, this, 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 keep going here, missions, keep going. No, it doesn't mean anything for missions. Yeah, and everyone's your missions go good. You know, our missionaries come home, and they come up, and they grab the bike, and they're just like, oh, you know, they get black eyes and stuff like that, and puka teeth, and, and they just... They, they give it, and we just, we just can't help, but we, can we just sing the doxology right now after you're sharing? Dream that. I believe in that. I want to see that in my lifetime, and if I don't, then everything I give myself to right now, every day, every moment, every small group, every sermon, every scripture we read and sing, everything we do, it's one brick building to that. We're not done here, church. We got work to do, and it'll be done by the grace of God, not our effort. Don't put all that burden on you. This is why we pray. But can you imagine? Do you believe it? This is our time. This is our generation. And we want the glory of God to be passed on to the next. It will. But oh, I want to have some fun and get in the game. I don't want to, I don't want my armor to look fresh and shiny. I want there to be marks and blood. Because that's where Christ is. He's on the battlefield. He's, he's interceding for you and I right now. If you're not a Christian, if you're not a child of God, this language is foreign to you right now. You're lost. And that's okay. And I'm pleading with you this evening, if you're listening or you're here, this is reality. This is the kingdom that is to come. This is eternity. You are in your sin apart from Christ. When you breathe your last, the door is shut. The window is closed. That's it. There's no hope for the unbeliever after death. No hope. Eternal wrath. So please, hear the message of Christ. In his sinless perfection, he came. And in his righteousness, he chose to sacrifice himself on the cross. And he did bleed, suffer, and die. But he did not stay dead. He rose three days later. He conquered sin and death. And he offers eternal life. His own righteousness for all who repent of their sins. Place their faith in him. And now, from that moment, pick up your sword. And get in this with us. For the believer, we're missing out if we don't know the nearness of God in the Great Commission. Pray for grace. Pray for the Spirit of God to come upon you in power, upon your family, upon our church. Like I said last week, we're not playing games here. We're not pretending church here. This is real. We'll pray. And we'll praise God and give him the glory. There's none like you, Lord. Thank you so much for your amazing grace. Your sovereign saving grace. The grace that we are feeling and experiencing right now in this place, it's all from you. We don't deserve it. 
don't know why you got our attention. We don't know why you stirred our affections. None of us deserve it. But you're so good. You're so gracious. Father, we ask that you'd save more souls in our community. We pray that you'd save unsaved souls in our church, unsaved church members. We pray that you'd save our children. Lord, please open their eyes to your beauty and their brokenness so that when they hear the message of Christ again and again, it will become the greatest news that they've ever heard. Spirit of God, only you can do these things. Do it now in this place. If there's a soul that's hanging on the balance, they're just unsure, uncertain, give clarity. The word of God goes out and it will accomplish what you desire. So we will keep proclaiming this word. We'll keep living it by your grace. We'll keep obeying it by your grace. We'll keep singing it by your grace. Lord, we pray for New Juana Baptist Church and that we would be a church that accomplishes the Great Commission, whatever task you give us, all by the grace of God. And when the work is done, we give you all the glory. Sing this with me. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father. Amen. Amen. All right. Love you guys. Enjoy the fellowship tonight, and we'll see you next week.